Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, no matter where you are in the world. Welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kira Mack, as always, and delighted and ecstatic that you've been able to tune in with us yet again for another show. Now, before we do jump into today's top stories doing the rounds here in Thailand, don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to the channel if you get a chance, and, you know, give us an old share on social media. And don't forget to hit that notification button just right beside the subscribe, because YouTube will then tell you when all the shows get uploaded now if you like listening to us on a podcast player there's a link down below in the description and finally if you get some value from the show if you like the show if you want to support the show or you want to simply just buy me a coffee there's a link down below in the description for that as well too so now that's all done and dusted let's jump into the trending stories and gossip doing the round here in thailand today so firstly let's just start off with the daily traffic accident report so as of the 7th of june 2023 and on the 7th of june 2023 we had 1492 accidents here in thailand with 22 people losing their lives on the road and the overall accidents and deaths here in thailand for the year 2023 so far is we have had 349,320 people injured on thai road with 6625 deaths so it is a dangerous place if you're out the roads be careful if you're thinking of as a tourist of hiring a motorbike think twice maybe don't do it and try to find another way around if you're not familiar with Thai roads and with riding a motorbike and if you're an expat here we all know be careful on the road sometimes things are just out of our control but we should be aware when we're on the road so let's jump into the other stories doing the round today and I have an interesting piece of gossip that I spotted on Twitter but it kind of shows you the state of affairs here when it comes to some of the Thai media outlets it's in relation to a very prominent blogger and I think a lot of you guys would know Richard Barrow he is a travel blogger and during the COVID-19 Uh, pandemic he brought us a lot of relevant and important updates on Thai government information and entry and exit into the country and all the things that really we needed to know as expats when trying to get back into Thailand he's amassed over 200,000 followers on Twitter and well done to him you know I think he does a great job in what he does he's currently now kind of on a bit of a train buzz and I think it's a quite an interesting topic that he covers but nevertheless there was an interesting story and development on Twitter last night when Richard posted a picture that he had taken and had put on his website of the new monorail the yellow line that had opened up here in Bangkok and uh, he had posted up he said well spot the difference because what had happened was he had found his post or his picture had been taken by the tiger news and they had removed the watermark of it and a couple of weird little things like the number on the train and the the exit letters on an exit sign and posted it as their own on their own twitter feed with a story attached to it about the yellow line opening up so Richard questioned this and just said basically well you've taken my picture I don't really mind people going out of their way and using my stuff as long as you give me credit for it. So, you know, in other words, credit where the photo came from, Richard Barrow, etc. And he asked the Tiger News in a tweet, just apologize and whatnot. Well, later on that evening, what seemed to have happened was they took his picture down. They replaced it with another picture that they took from another website, ASEAN Now, and did give credit to that. And then what they proceeded to do was block Richard Barrow on Twitter. Now, for a news organization such as the Tiger, to do something like that to a person, firstly, who's done nothing wrong, who's not said anything rude against you, because you can go online and see his tweets, he was simply asking you guys, credit him for using his photo, which it's clearly his photo, by the way, 
very clear it's his photo. And instead of apologizing and saying, you know what, we're in the wrong, we're sorry, Richard, credit is to Richard Barrafortis, they decided to go the other way. They decided as a news organization, where as a news organization, you should believe in free speech, okay? I mean, their actual catchphrase is join the conversation, but apparently there's no conversation if they do something that they shouldn't really be doing. And this is prevalent here in Thailand with a lot of news organizations, particularly the, the Tiger, who seem to like blocking people for anything they just disagree with. There seems to be somebody who's either in charge of social media that has very thin skin and takes everything personally. For me, if you do something wrong in that kind of respect, then you should apologize and you should say, you know what, Richard, we're wrong. And we're sorry we did that. Credit where credit is due. The picture is not ours. And move on. But instead what they did was, well, they managed somehow to continue to make it worse by blocking the man. And I find that completely wrong. And I find it completely wrong by a news organization to do that. But it's not the first time they've run into problems. I think they had issues with the Thai Inquirer for, you know, using their articles without permission. And certainly not crediting them when they did that. So these kind of things are a bit silly. I, I, I think cooler heads should prevail here. And I think the Tiger should come out and just say, we shouldn't have taken your picture and used it. We're really sorry. And we shouldn't have blocked you. But I doubt that will ever happen. Because that would involve people having to actually apologize and admit that they're wrong. But I'd love to know what you think about it all down in that comment section. Now, moving along to the first story of today, PETA admits transferring 42,000 ITV shares to other family heirs. Now, this is the story about the move forward partner, Peter Lim Janarat. Um, he was discussing on Tuesday that he has allocated 42,000 shares in the ITV company. He inherited them from his late father to other heirs to preempt any attempt to revive the media company as a political ammunition. The embattled prime ministerial candidate is accused of holding a stake in a media company in violation of the election law, which forbids electoral candidates from owning a media firm or holding shares in such company, the penalty for which is disqualification. In a Facebook post on Tuesday, Peter claimed that the shares he inherited do not have any economic value after ITV was delisted from the Thai stock market by the Thai Stock Exchange of Thailand in 2014. He also said that ITV is no longer a media company after the Office of the Permanent Secretary of the Prime Minister's Office revoked the contract with ITV to operate the on the UHF TV spectrum on March 7th. 2007 and designated the public relations department to operate on that spectrum instead. The license was subsequently transferred to Thai PBS. Peter claims that in 2022, the balance sheet of ITV, which was submitted to the Department of Business Development for consideration, there was a suspicious change in the core business of ITV from finance to TV and media advertising, despite the fact that ITV has ceased to be a media firm. Due to these unusual occurrences, he said he decided to consult other heirs and decided to divide the shares among them, adding that the share transfer was not done with the intention to escape accountability. The Move Forward Party leader said that he is ready to defend himself to the election commission regarding the ITV share controversy without being distracted from his work. And that's a bit of an update on the whole issue of the shares because if found guilty he would be disqualified as an MP and also disqualified as the prime ministerial candidate for move forward party and as they haven't nominated a second person well that would be the last of the move forward party being able to have somebody as prime minister. It does seem a bit silly that he has not been able to sort this out well before he decided to run for parliament and run to be the prime ministerial candidate. The exact same thing happened to hit the previous leader, 
and the person who's bankrolled the Move Forward Party back in 2019, when the party actually was dissolved, they used to be called the Future Forward Party, it got dissolved and they reformed as the Move Forward Party. It does seem very silly that people of, of this wealth, of this knowledge, who've seen it happen before, who know that people will be gunning for them if they do well, were not prepared. And I, I'm very surprised by this. But, I mean, maybe we'll see this resolve behind closed doors. It doesn't seem that way. It does seem that they're out to get him. And if I were to call it, I could see this going to the Constitutional Court and I can see him being disqualified. Because, as I said previously, we all know that the Constitutional Court and other courts within this country have been pretty much installed via the junta back in 2014. So we'll see where it goes. We'll keep an eye on it. And, of course, if without a, a quick changeover here in the government, I think we're going to have a choppy times here in the in Thailand over the next few months. Now, speaking of choppy times, Taksin Shinawatra, he's the former Prime Minister back in 2007 that was uh, deposed through a coup. His planned return uh, depends on the situation. Now, if anybody remembers, I did a story a couple of weeks ago where he discussed that he was definitely returning in July. Remember that? He said he's 100% returning in July. That was only a couple of weeks ago, by the way. But that's all kind of changed a little bit. Former Prime Minister Taksin Shinawatra still plans to return in July, but when this will actually happen depends on the situation in the country. His daughter, Pentong Tarn, Shinawatra said on Wednesday, Taksin was making progress in preparing for his return, and this might include liaising with the relevant government agencies, Miss Pentong Tarn said at a Putai party headquarters. Her family was also preparing for his return in terms of convenience and safety, she noted. Many forms of reception are also being prepared because it is not known what will be required or happen, she said. The family also awaited Taxon's instructions on what else should be done in readiness for his return, said Miss Peitung Tarn, leader of the Putai family. For the time being, the schedule of his return remains unchanged for July. However, it also depends on the political and national situation, she said. His return is important. I'd like him to return when the timing is good and free of conflict. Suitability is a priority. Upon his return, Taksum would enter the justice system regardless of what government is in power, she said. Taksum was overthrown by a military coup on September 19, 2006, while he was overseas. He has since lived in self-imposed exile except for a brief visit to Thailand in 2008. During his absence from the country, the Supreme Court Criminal Division for Holders of Political Positions sent him to a total of 12 years imprisonment in four cases. In the first case, the court found him guilty of abuse of power in his then-wife Kunying Potjaman's purchase of state-owned land in Ratchapisek area for less than the market value. In October 2008, he was sentenced to two years in prison. The 10-year statute of limitations on that court ruling expired on October 2018. In his second case, Taksum was sentenced to two years in prison after he was found guilty of malfeasance in a case concerning the two- and three-digit lottery. In the third case, Taksum was handed down three years in prison for abusing his position by authorising loans totally 4 billion baht to Myanmar by the Export-Import Bank of Thailand. The loans were used to buy equipment from a telecoms firm owned by his family. In the fourth case, the former Prime Minister was sentenced to five years in prison when the court found him guilty of using nominees to hold shares in Shin Corp. The law prohibits any political office holder from owning shares in a telecommunications company. The statutes of limitation for the court's decisions of the second, third and fourth cases have not expired. So whether or not he will actually return is up in the air. Personally, I just can't see him returning to go back to prison. I just can't see it. He's lived since 2008 out of the country. 
I just don't see him coming back to face time. Why would he come now as well? Uh, he's not going to be come before a government in the country has been formed. That's the other thing as well. He'd also want a government that's at least somewhat favorable towards him. So he'd want maybe the MFT, the Puatai coalition there that would be friendly towards him. So we will see what happens, but I can't see him coming in July. If he is going to turn up, if he decides he is going to return, I would say it'll probably be sometime October, November, December of this year when uh, a Puatai government was there and obviously they would look more favorably on him and he'd be probably treated a lot differently than he would be if he returned home now to, well, let's say the Junta caretaker government. Now, moving along, efforts to lure Chinese ramped up amid seasonal arrival decline. Foreign arrivals in Phuket in May dropped by 26.3% compared to the previous month, mainly due to the end of the high season and a sluggish recovery in the Chinese market, which officials are now trying to address. Despite this decline, overall visited numbers comprise about two-thirds of the pre-pandemic levels, indicating a steady recovery in Phuket's tourism sector. According to the June 1st report by the Phuket Immigration, direct international arrivals to Phuket Airport in May totaled 224,357 visits, marking a 23.3% drop from 304,485 visits in April and 38.3% drop from visits in March. However, these figures align with the expectations set by the president of the Phuket Tourist Association, Tanet Tanpikai, who predicted approximately 50% of pre-COVID levels during the current low season. In fact, when compared to the May 2019 figures reported by C9 Hotel Works, this May numbers are even higher, accounting for around 67 to 68% of the visitors' volume recorded four years ago. In May 2019, Phuket airport registered 592,000 visits, of which approximately 313,000 were international arrivals. It is important to note that Phuket Immigration Report for May 2023 only includes direct arrivals, meaning passengers passing through passport control on the island. It does not account for the significant number of indirect Phuket arrivals, which are travellers who fly through Bangkok and clear immigration at Swanapum Airport. Now, the top five countries by direct arrivals in May were as follows. China with 37,949. Russia 26,624, Australia 19,828, India 19,783 and finally Malaysia 12,918. However, these numbers reflect a decline in arrivals from all key markets in May. Chinese arrivals dropped by 18%, visits from Russia plunged by 58% and visitors from India decreased by 20%. The markets of Russia and China, India and Australia were the largest throughout the entire five-month period of 2023, according to Lerchai Wang Trak Dui, director of the Tourism Authority of Thailand's Phuket office. Now, in an interview with the Bangkok Post, Mr. Lechai stated that Phuket had welcomed over 6 million international tourists from January to May 23, with Russians comprising the largest group among them. He added that with the onset of the rainy season, there may be a slight decline in the number of international visitors. So overall, things are getting a little bit better in Phuket, though obviously a decline. And I can't believe that anybody is surprised that there's been a decline in actual Phuket numbers here. It's low season. It's raining. The weather is crap. I heard a friend of mine was telling me he had guests come to one of the hotels that he takes care of and they stayed two days and returned back to their country of Germany 
because it was raining. Now, obviously, they didn't do their research and their due diligence on checking the weather. And they'd come on holiday to Thailand only to realize that it was raining here. And nobody told them that it was raining. And they were very disappointed. And then they returned back to Germany two days into a 14-day holiday. A bit silly, but I guess people expect that Thailand's going to be, you know, beautiful all year round, which is obviously not. I mean, actually, this month so far has been very, very wet here in Thailand. Uh, June has also started off the exact same way as May left off. So it is going to be wet. If you're coming here to Thailand, if you're planning on a holiday, do your research before you come. Don't expect that everybody's meant to tell you everything about the country before you leave. You know, a lot of people... Tra- book through travel agents and whatnot and expect them nearly uh, expect them to tell them and spoon feed them all the information you know when you set out to travel somewhere far from your home it's always good to check on the internet what's the weather like in june what's the weather like in may it's a very simple thing to do i find people expect information now rather than to do their own research if you even look at a lot of facebook groups you see people on these travel facebook groups especially for thailand the answers to the questions could be easily found if they just googled it but instead they just post it on a page and hope somebody will just give them the information. A little lazy at times, but I guess we're all guilty of doing something like that. Nevertheless, let's move on to the next story, and it's about some tourists who are in a burning bus. Tourists flee burning bus on expressway. Polish tourists fled to safety as a double-decker bus taking them to Ayutthaya burst into flames and was destroyed on an expressway in Bangkok's Chattachak district on Wednesday morning. The white and red tour bus was carrying 15 tourists from Poland and their Thai guide. There were no injuries reported, but many passengers lost their luggage in the fire. The bus burst into flames while outbound on the Sirat Expressway above the central bus terminal near the exit to Kampang Pet to Road at about 7.55am. Fire trucks and crews and an expressway rescue team were rushed to the scene. They took about 20 minutes to put out the fire. By then, the bus was totally gutted. The fire caused heavy traffic congestion in the area. The bus driver, Kunchit Kamani 46, said he had picked up the 15 tours and a tour guide at the Bangkok Palace Hotel in Makassan area. They were going to Ayutthaya province. A short time later, while outbound on the expressway, he saw smoke coming from a luggage compartment and there was the smell of something burning. He immediately parked the bus on the left-hand side of the expressway and got out to check. All passengers were asked to leave the vehicle immediately. Mr. Kunchit said he managed to remove some passenger bags from the bus before it burst into flames and he was forced to retreat. The bus was totally destroyed. Police were investigating the cause of the fire. And well done to the bus driver here. I read in another article that actually was because of him that nobody got injured and his quick thinking and noticing the smoke coming out and uh, i guess this is why nobody was injured and actually it's a great thing that nobody was injured and finally all taxis are welcome at rasada pier after turf war hits the spotlight yet again any legally registered taxis is now welcome to pick up passengers at rasada pier in phuket's main marine gateway to pp island and the location of the most recent episode in the island's taxi turf wars A sign announcing the absence of exclusive rights for this area were posted at the terminal on June 5th, just two days after foreign tourists were ordered to exit an external van that they had booked through a mobile app on June 3rd. While the tourists were eventually allowed to continue their journey on an external vehicle, Phuket Land Transport Office Chief Acha Bukhan has pledged to find a long-term solution to the issue. The taxi drivers at the pier thought that the minivan driver illegally used the Bolt application to pick up the tourists and tried to stop him. But the head of the queue intervened and informed them that Bolt had been legalized. As a result, they allowed the tourists to return to the van and leave the pier. 
Following the incident, officials, including representatives from the police and the military, visited the pier and conducted a meeting with the drivers who have a concession with the ferry operator. Phuket Move Forward Party-elect Samchar Tichabak-Sharan was present at the meeting and later disclosed some of the key points discussed. The operation of the taxi queue has no legal basis, but it has been in practice since 2012. It is a common assumption among taxi drivers that they have the legal right to operate a taxi queue in the area and prevent other drivers from picking up passengers there. However, in reality, this is not the case, explained Mr. Samchart, saying that this point was made by the PLTO. It is recommended to install a clear sign at Rasada Pier, indicating the designated area where outside taxis not affiliated with the Rasada Pier cooperative can stop and pick up passengers, continued Mr. Samchart. Regarding his own contribution at the meeting, Mr. Samchart said he requests cooperation from all taxi professionals to help maintain the tourism image of Phuket. And for people wondering uh, who live here in Thai- in Phuket, because Phuket is different than other parts of Thailand, they only allow certain apps to work here. The following apps are allowed here in Thailand. I just want to be for people so it's confirmed. Hello Phuket, Bangku, Asia Cab, Grab, Robinhood, AirAsia Super App, and now Bolt. These are the legal taxi apps that are allowed to be here used here on the island of Phuket. They should be allowed to pick up anywhere, apparently except the airport for some reason. If you do request it at the airport, they will not go into the airport, they will stay outside and you will have to walk from the departure terminal out to the front on the main road to get the app taxi that you had booked. But that's how it works currently. I know that the Move Forward Party MP elect is hoping to get this cancelled so that anybody can pick up the airport which would be the normal way a lot of airports work but we'll see if that ever happens and uh, where that leads to but that is it for today guys thanks again for tuning into the show have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow morning thanks again and take care but ultimately with this story or anything else that stood out to you today I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below because yes this is a new show but it's also a conversation now keep that conversation going make sure you like this video subscribe to the channel share the video and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm but ultimately my name is Kieran Mack you've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show and we will see you next time